Welcome to Freedom from Anxiety. I'm Trisha Easter, and I'm here with my husband, Marty Easter. Hello, everyone. So today is Sunday, November 12th. It's about 10.30 in the morning, so it's actually a kind of an overcast day here in New Hampshire, though. So it's a good day to, I think, do this podcast. Starting off with Freedom from Anxiety, why I'm calling this podcast Freedom from Anxiety I feel that it, like anxiety is ultimately the loss of certain freedoms in our lives when we experience anxiety. Freeing ourselves from other people's narratives, other people's beliefs, um, outdated systems, structures, institutions from family, friends, teachers, employers, clergy, perhaps even therapists and holistic healers. Uh, freeing yourselves from the narrative is uh, narratives of others is, I feel like, the heart of healing anxiety. It, and it allows you to be free to be who you are and to free yourself at a soul level. I also am very passionate about open and on, honest conversations about anxiety. That helps to dismantle the stigma so that other people can heal because everyone deserves to be free from anxiety. Before I get started today, I'd like to I guess I should say I'd like to start this podcast with a, um, I guess a, I guess what would I call this? Like a poem? No, not, not a poem. It's an excerpt from Bert Hellinger about black sheep because I feel like most people who have anxiety, and I'm talking about like you know debilitating anxiety, we are the I feel like the black sheep of the family. So I'm going to read this to kind of start this off. Um, the so-called black sheep of the family are in fact hunters born of paths of liberation into the family tree. The members of a tree who do not conform to the norms or traditions of the family system. Those who since childhood have constantly sought to revolutionize beliefs going against the paths marked by family traditions, those criticized, judged, and even rejected. These are usually called to free the tree of repetitive stories that frustrate entire generations. The black sheep, those who do not adapt, those who cry rebelliously, play a basic role within each family system. They repair, pick up, and create and unfold branches in the family tree. Thanks to these members, our trees renew their roots. Its rebellion is fertile soil. Its madness is water that nourishes. Its stubbornness is new air. Its passion is fire that reignites the light of the heart of the ancestors. Unaccountable, excuse me, uncountable repressed desires, unfilled dreams, un, excuse me, unfulfilled dreams. The frustrated talents of our ancestors are manifested in the rebelliousness of these black sheep seeking fulfillment. The genealogical tree by inertia will want to continue to maintain the castrating and toxic course of its trunk, which makes the task of our sheep a difficult and conflicting work. However, who would bring new flowers to our tree if it were not for them? Who would create new branches? Without them, the unfulfilled dreams of those who support the tree generations ago would die buried beneath their own roots. Let no one cause you to doubt. Take care of your rarity as the most precious flower of your tree. You are the dream of all your ancestors. This is by Bert Hellinger, and I'm going to put a copy of this um, on my website and my blogs under Black Sheep. So the top three things I want you to know 
at your core from this podcast and from my book, from my blogs, from my website, everything. Um, the top, the three things I want you to know is number one, you've done nothing wrong. You haven't mishandled emotions. You haven't manifested. Done, you haven't done anything to manifest anxiety. These, there's some other narratives out there, and I that kind of promote this type of thinking, and I feel like it's not only outdated, it's reckless. The second one is that you're not alone. 42 million Americans have anxiety, um, 20% of the population. And the stick, you know, and it's because, and I think it's actually more than that. And I, I definitely believe it's more than that since the pandemic. I just think because of the stigma, a lot of people don't talk about it and they're ashamed about it. Um, which is why I believe that open and honest conversations can really help to heal anxiety. And the third thing I want you to know is you can heal anxiety. It's not a life sentence that you're going to, you, you have to have the rest of your life. Healing is possible. The next thing I want to talk about um, before I get started talking about my book and introducing it is I want to say um, a couple thank yous to um, first to Kat, who's my emotional support practitioner that I talked to. Um, and she also wrote me a beautiful forward for the book. Um, my editor, um, Brett has been fantastic. Um, and she's been like my editor, my book coach, and also to, you know, Marty and the, and the kids, they've kind of been my, uh, my supporters and proponents this whole time. Yeah. Well, we, uh, I will say, speak for the whole family and say we've all tried to help out as much as we can because we think you got an important message to bring to the world. So. so a little background about myself is I have a bachelor's in environmental science, land resources, which is where I met Marty. I have an MBA with an emphasis in finance and international business. I'm certified in nutrition and sports nutrition. And through Kyle Gray, I for three years, I I was part of his angel team for four years. Three years of it was an intensive study of the different angels, archangels, ascended masters. And I got certified as through Kyle Gray as a certified angel card reader and angel guide. And I'm also a certified life coach. So now I'm going to get started about why I wrote Bold Trust. Uh, I wrote Bold Trust because I feel like I was, I've been gaslit most of my life. You know, my childhood, my childhood was more of an indoctrination. I feel like with, with gaslighting, I think it's, it's pervasive, it's um, insidious, and which made me believe certain things about myself as an adult, which contributed to anxiety from family, friends, teachers, employers, counselors. I have a blog on my website about toxic therapy where I talk about my experience with a uh, toxic counselor. Um, it kind of reminded me of, um, we saw like the new matrix. What's the new matrix called? I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, something like revolution or something, but, um, Neo is going to counseling. Who's, 
who's further gaslighting him to believe certain things and where he is. And I, 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 mean, I don't want to put down therapy or counseling. It's definitely good, but there's definitely some therapists and people in that arena that further gaslight and actually make, for me, made um, anxiety worse. It's actually more prevalent than we realize. But again, saying that there is a lot of good counseling and therapy out there. Uh, check out the blog on my website as I go into, um, I kind of line out what, not you know, the warning signs of a bad counselor, but also what are the signs of a, what to look for in a good counselor. All right. You've lived both sides of that, right? So Yes, I've had both sides. So it's important, to, it's important to, to know that, yeah, it's like there are some bad ones out there, but once you find the good one, it's, it's a much better situation. So you just got to keep looking. Don't settle for less than a great counselor. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So the, as I, with all the gaslighting, I continue to lose trust in myself. And as I lost trust in myself, the more I lost trust in myself, the worse my anxiety got. It was almost cyclical. So I, as my anxiety became more debilitating, that kind of reinforced this loss of trust in myself. The gaslighting, I think, kind of was started it but also fed it and then also like I said the anxiety itself was kind of like the reinforcement that the loss of trust in myself so all these people this they the so-called experts I handed my power over to them and lost you know and took away power uh, trust in, and lost trust in myself and you know and, and a lot of and a lot of them claim to be the so-called experts in not only in their field, but also in experts of me, right. which is nothing, which is the furthest from the truth. And while, you know, and I want to clarify early on, it's not bad to seek out advice or to get help from other people and to get, to gather information, but it's really, that's what it is. It's about gathering information and then choosing for yourself what's right for you. Don't let other people dictate what's, what what you need to do. So why did you, so where did the name come from? Why would you call this book uh, Bold Trust? Uh, to give a background. So I think with anxiety and mental health, it's, it's pretty, I feel like, very disturbing. We are told we are the problem. There are things that we need to supposedly fix within ourselves. We're the issue. So when you're consistently told that we're wrong and what we're doing is wrong, who we are is wrong, we start to believe it. But this can be further from the truth. We are not the issue. There, the only things that we need to change about ourselves is trusting ourselves. You know, we're like again, we're not we're not doing anything wrong. It's just people trying to manipulate us to being who they want us to be for their for their own comfort for their own I don't know security so I wrote bold trust to create to what I learned in my path in healing anxiety was that I was right all along when I was consistently told I was wrong and I I kind of had, even though like, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. I still believed everybody else that knowing that I was right and knowing that building that trust in myself is what 
that's ultimately what's healed my anxiety. And it has to be bold. There's no partial trust in yourself. It has to be a deeply rooted, grounded, unshakable self-trust that no matter what anybody else says, you know you're right. And that's not arrogance. It is confidence, but it's it's just a it's a it's a knowing of yourself and uh, that no matter how loud the voices get around you, you still trust yourself. And that can, you know, once you have that self-trust, it can never be taken from you again. Once you kind of see the truth of these different narratives, um, quite honestly, the incentives of others, other people, you can't be, once you see that truth, you can create, you create this bold trust and then you can create the world that you want, the world around you that you want. You can create, you can't change the whole world, but you can change your world. That kind of trust is bold. And I think all of us with anxiety need that boldness because we've lost that self-trust in ourselves. So to kind of build up of that bold trust in ourselves is what's needed. And as I said before, seeing the truth behind our anxiety. So anxiety, when you have anxiety, it's, it's almost like you have, there's like fires going on inside you and you're constantly putting out fires. You're trying to make, you know, it's like, it's almost like even if the fire is put out at the moment, it's still kind of smoldering and, you know, little things can ignite anxiety. So it is distracting. It consumes your energy, consumes your time. And so it becomes very difficult to see exactly what's going on around you because you're just trying to function and survive comfortably in this world. So there's like a lot of cobwebs, fogs. And so bold trust allows you to, bold trusting yourself allows you to clear up the fog, take down the spider webs so that you can see the truth, your truth, beneath all the gaslighting. Bold trust is an invitation to become the expert of yourself. So I'm going to read a passage from my book, Bold Trust, about what bold trust is. Bold trust is not loud, rude, arrogant, or in your face. It's not about proving anything to anyone. Bold trust is a peaceful, self-assured inner knowing that you're right. Regardless of the chatter outside of you, you know what's right in your own heart. And that's enough. During this lifetime, it's your mind and soul and your body. Only you know what's right for you. So I know one of the things you talked about earlier was, you know, gaslighting and, and how that you had to overcome that to build that bold trust in yourself. So, like, can you talk more about what gaslighting is and, and kind of mm-hmm. how you see that? Yep, I'm going to start off uh, reading an excerpt, the definition of my book from, about what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is the psychological manipulation of a person usually over an extended period of time that causes a victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. So gaslighting is insidious, pervasive, deep-rooted. As I said before, it can come from family, friends, teacher, clergy, therapist, 
institutions, society, and more. It's a form of emotional abuse, destroying self-trust, putting the abuser in a position of power. It's when you're, if you have anxiety and you've been gaslit, it's difficult to see the truth because of all the gaslighting. It's, it's really, it's, it's disturbing. The, and I always say, um, you know, freedom from anxiety is seeing the truth and the truth really does set you free. But as the quote goes, you know, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. So I feel like it's, it's true. So, uh, and I feel like uh, gaslighting, a good example of that would be Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. All she wants to do is go back home. And I feel like all of us with anxiety just want to come back to ourselves. That's coming home, coming home to ourselves. And there's so many distractions along the way. And, you know, we talk, you talk about like smoke and mirrors with The Wizard right. of Oz. Yeah. And the Wizard of Oz is really just making this big scene. And so for her seeing the truth, you know, she realizes the truth of what it is that she's able to go home after that. And I feel like that's with anxiety and gaslighting is seeing past the smoke and mirrors to what's really going on behind the scenes, which is usually a, you know, someone who's feeling very small inside. And they're scared, and so they're trying to scare others um, and keep other people. Because because whoever's doing the gaslighting is not at home with themselves. They're trying to destabilize and do that to other people as well. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, it's a, it's a much more common phrase these days, but I don't necessarily think it's overused because it's like it, there's so many examples of it, right? There's people that are trying to sell you things will tell you there's something wrong with you that you need to buy their product. Their lifestyle to be successful. You know, it's yes. it's all things about telling you how to live and, and not to listen to yourself, but to listen to them because they know better than you do. And then that's just from like the, you know, it's, it's we talk about like the the onion, right? Peeling back the layers. That's like on that's like on the surface. That's like the the skin. <laughs> As you continue to pull back the layers, a lot of time you'll see the gaslighting is like right next to you. You know, someone that you're really close with, people that you're really close with, people that you trusted that have been sort of like feeding these lies, like kind of whispering these lies into, you know, lies to you this whole time and that you, you know, eventually you believe them. But yeah, that's definitely it. And again, seeing the truth, unraveling the gaslighting, see how it's sort of affected all these different areas. Your life is what you need to do to heal anxiety so that you can free yourself, find your truth and live your life in an authentic way for yourself. Yeah. Cause it was that conflict between what you were, you knew to be true for yourself versus all of those messages gotten that helped drive your anxiety. Right. So seeing the truth, seeing the dysfunction around us allows us to find and create. So it's, we can't change the world, as I said before, but we can change our world. And it allows us to find tools and techniques so that we can fun function comfortably in the world as it is. And I think by that in itself, the world will begin to shift. But right now, ultimately, our first job is to take care of ourselves and heal and feel comfortable knowing 
the world that we live in mm-hmm. and finding tools and techniques so we can live our life to the fullest. So, you know, you talked about the uh, gaslighting and how that conflicted with what you were hearing, in, in, you know, inside your heart. And, and that was kind of what drove your anxiety. Can you talk about what it was like living with anxiety? Yeah. So first, when thinking about doing this podcast, um, I first wasn't even going to talk about what my anxiety was like, because sadly, I still was ashamed and I still was embarrassed. And to actually put it out there like, hey, this because I, I feel like I hit it from so many people. for, And I still do. And, you know, there's no reason to share this with people that I don't trust. Only share it with people who I do trust. And, you know, so being open and honest is not about putting yourself, like opening yourself up to people who you know aren't going to support you. It's about finding safe environments where you can have these open and honest conversations. So I did hide a lot of this stuff from so many people for so long because of the judgments. But now I've developed this bold trust within myself is so that like the, their judgments aren't going to affect me anymore. But some of my um, anxiety, so uh, driving, that's been a big one, and that's taken me a while to, to work with. Bright lights, and particularly like at stores, and this was, you know, some of these were, you know, were bigger, some of these were smaller forms of anxiety, um, fluorescent lights in stores. And I realized that with the fluorescent lights, um, I feel better now, but it will never be a comfortable spot for me. I don't think, you know, it's just not a comfortable feeling being under fluorescent lights at stores. For a while, for a long time, the sun and the heat. Um, and I think these are all signs like the lights and the sun and the heat are signs of, um, according to Anthony William, the medical medium, um, afraid nervous system. And so, yeah, heat, light, the sun can all feel, um, if you have, like if your nerves are afraid, it, those can, can trigger anxiety. Also for me, heights driving over tall bridges, snakes. When the kids were young and Marty used to travel for work, especially like overnight, you know, when he'd be gone for days. Um, I, I used to have anxiety about taking care of my kids because, you know, again, we were a military family moving around. We didn't have, so when you're constantly moving, it's hard to develop a support system and deep connections with people you can trust. So if, you know, especially when my kids were young, I worried, you know, heaven forbid, if something happened to me, who would take care of my kids? That was, I felt like for a while, like an extreme source of anxiety. So eventually, you know, I think once we moved to New Hampshire and settled into our house, our first dog died and a friend of ours died that um, my anxiety really flared up. And it almost, looking back, I can say, at the time, I didn't feel like this. It felt awful. <laughs> but, you know, looking back now, it's like it had to get worse before it got better. Because I think my anxiety, I was, you know, just kind of managing it. And um, kind of, because, I mean, nobody really wants to turn into their anxiety 
to see what okay what do, what's going on here why do I have anxiety anxiety is so uncomfortable you just want to push it away run away from it you know quote unquote manage it so I having it get really bad it's like I had to turn and face it and see what the heck is going on here what and just make some sort of big changes in my life yeah so I mean and this was a, a long journey for you too I mean this is something you've been mm-hmm. working through through the years so I mean you tried lots of different things what, I mean what all did you try to get to this point to, to learn to trust yourself right right um so each of these I tried so many modalities, each claiming to be the expert of anxiety and me, which is just unbelievable. Um, And while it's not bad to seek out help from other healing modalities, again, as long as you're gathering the information or you're using their services, but as long as you are trusting yourself first and foremost, And so the modalities was, you know, a counselor, one that I went to for 20 years. I did try early on when I had anxiety in my 20s, a psychiatrist, and I I tried medication and I just, I think it was just too much because I was just sort of a zombie. I I, I was, I I guess, kind of just functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried traditional medicine, uh, acupuncturist, Reiki, energy healing, uh, chiropractors, hypnosis, past life hypnosis. And I think the one that kind of I did that I was really passionate about for 20 years was um, nutrition, which eventually led me to get certified in nutrition and sports nutrition. And, and, you know, and all this time as you're working with all these people, you're you're losing trust in yourself. So, I mean, what is that? Like, it wasn't just in one small area either. It was pretty widespread what mm-hmm. was, that they made you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, you know, with, um, and again, good to, you know, um, the second chapter of my book is about trusting yourself to eat and exercise intuitively. So good nutrition, while that, is a wonderful thing. I feel like it can be taken too far. Um, and I talk about that in chapter two and we'll talk about that later. So I lost trust in my body. I lost trust about what foods to eat, how to exercise. Sometimes I would have like a symptom and it was like, Oh, what's, what's wrong with my body? When I think these symptoms or these flare ups were actually signs from my body Uh saying, Hey, something's not right because your your body your mind and soul is all connected and so your body will tell you when something is not going going right in your life like I've heard a lot of people use the word disease as dis-ease dis-ease in the body and that's your body's way of letting you know um but back to the loss of trust in myself I lost trust in my mind like my emotions, um, terrified of my emotions. The counselor that I saw really kind of her approach to my emotions was very reckless. I felt like, and I, again, I talk about that more in chapter one. Um, I lost trust in the choices I made for myself, my family, my kids, and kind of like to a lesser extent, I mean, 
it was still a loss of trust, but not as serious. Like, you know, eventually, like, I lost trust in, like, when we finally bought our house here in New Hampshire, after moving around for 20 plus years, putting down roots, we bought a fixer-upper house, and initially with our house, I I was, I didn't trust myself to decorate it, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, it sounds silly, but it's kind of a great example of, that's, yeah. You know, losing that, that someone else needs to tell you how to decorate your house that you've lost right. trust in yourself that much. And yeah, I was I was terrified to make a mistake and and decorating my house. I didn't, you know, what I wanted to know what was the right way to do it. When something like decorating your house, almost like your personal style, um, there is no right and wrong. It's about what you like. So that was, you know, that was kind of a wake up call for me. Like, hey, what's going on here? I can't trust myself. And ultimately, healing anxiety has shown me that I had the answers in me. The answers I needed to heal anxiety were in me all along. Mm -hmm. I just had to trust myself and continually trust myself to keep taking progressive steps towards my healing. And and so that's what this is. This is a, Bold Trust is a healing book, right? So what what does that mean, like, for... People. So, um, heal, it's a healing book because, um, well, there's tools and techniques as you read the book. I recommend you have a journal with you, um, so you can just take down notes and write down anything that comes up from you. I have a lot of like um, little exercises throughout the book, and in some chapters, I have some journal prompts. Write down the things that work for you. Discard the ones that doesn't feel right for you, um, and even come up with some of your own. Um, exercises or ideas and use the journal prompts as a way to kind of explore maybe what's at the root cause of your anxiety. So each chapter of my book is written as an affirmation so that healing is ignited in the reader. So along those lines, take your time reading the book because this could bring up, you know, some chapters might bring up more stuff for you than others. So the first chapter is, I trust my feelings and emotions. The next is, I trust myself to eat and exercise intuitively. I trust that I'm fully supported. I trust my light. I trust the rhythm of my soul. And finally, I wholeheartedly trust myself. So to finish this podcast today, in the introduction of my book, I'm going to read the the section of my book, which is my prayer to you. The solution for healing anxiety is simple and at the same time complex. Trusting yourself to heal anxiety sounds simple, right? The tricky part is addressing all the different aspects of yourself where you have lost trust. For most, the lack of trust and self-doubt is deeply ingrained. You don't even realize, realize you're doing it. Bold trust walks you through each aspect of your life, where self-trust needs to be deeply rooted inside of you. Be patient with yourself as you read this book and apply the affirmations. It takes time for the new patterns of self-trust to become your new normal. Healing takes time. This is a journey with twists and turns and many new aspects of yourself to see. So be kind and gentle with yourself. Remember that Rome wasn't built in a day, but have faith that growth and healing is happening. My prayer for you is that this book solidifies and strengthens your self-trust so that you can find your glass slipper, your ticket to freedom from anxiety. I share the lessons I've learned in bold trust so that your intuition is restored, helping you remember 
that the answers you need are inside of you. With renewed self-trust, my goal is for you to reclaim your power, a power that was only ever meant for you and you alone, and use it to free yourself from anxiety and live your life boldly. Anxiety is rooted in self-doubt and self and bold trust is the opposite. Bold trust starts and ends with you. So I hope you enjoy my book. If you find it helpful, please leave me a review on Amazon because it helps bold trust get seen by those who need it. Right. And this is uh, your first podcast, and there's more to follow, right? And you're going to mm-hmm. get into the, more into the book, more into lots of subjects. So uh, so stay tuned. Yep, and perhaps more discussions, more in-depth discussions about some of the blogs I've written. Yeah, lots of material to cover. All right, thank you. Thank you.